Welcome to This Week in Astrology. This is episode number 559 for November 9 through 15, 2020. 2020's final Jupiter-Pluto conjunction is the star of this week's forecast. We'll also deep dive into the world-shaking Jupiter-Saturn-Pluto triple conjunction, this year's biggest astrology event that includes Jupiter and Pluto. We also have Mars turning direct, a Scorpio new moon, and seven bonus aspects that are not in my written forecast. Thanks so much for joining me. I'm your host, Benjamin Bernstein, broadcasting from thisweekinastrology.com. I simultaneously record these weekly forecasts as an audio podcast and a video, so you can choose whichever format you prefer. The video version includes detailed chart graphics, which you can also see in my written forecasts at astroshaman.com. This Week in Astrology is honored to be one of the internet's top 10 astrology podcasts. Check out our website where you can hear the show and subscribe to podcast updates. And if you haven't already, be sure to click the link in the show notes for two chances to win a free Astrology Plus session with me each month. What's old? We have a waning moon. Mars is retrograde through November 13, and Neptune, Chiron, and Uranus are also retrograde. On Monday, November 19, we have our first bonus aspect, Venus opposing Mars. Mars is at 15 Libra, Venus is at 15 Aries. So Venus and Mars, these are the planets of the feminine and masculine. So when Venus and Mars are opposing, which by the way, doesn't mean they're fighting. If you were opposite me right now, and we drew a circle around us, we would have an astrological opposition, but we could be having a perfectly lovely conversation. Venus and Mars are also really wonderful for high creativity. Uh, there's a lot of creative juice. Uh, when Venus and Mars are together, we'd say you either want to create or procreate, to put it broadly. Venus is in Libra, a sign that she rules. Mars is in Aries, a sign that he rules. So they're very powerful. Some really great energy here for relating or creating, I guess, is the way I would put it uh, most simply. If there are weak points in a relationship, these, it might be stimulated by these, certainly. But if you have a good chatter work tool, like my healing invocation, uh, which is linked in the show notes, um, then you will certainly have a way to work through anything like that. But a great time to relate and, and do awesome things together or create. On Tuesday, November 10th, we have a Sun-Neptune trine. The Sun is at 18 Scorpio, Neptune is at 18 Pisces. So a Sun-Neptune trine is easy connection between personality and divinity or inspired creativity. Really lovely. If the Sun's in Scorpio, which it is, then you could have a very intense um, shamanic transformational kind of spiritual experience potentially. Um, you could also step powerfully into power and wealth in spiritual terms. If Neptune is taken to mean inspired download, then you could have all sorts of amazing creative inspiration coming through very easily, try and connect easily. And uh, with Scorpio, it says no inhibitions, no taboos, just put out whatever you want to do. A good axiom if you're a creative person and a little hesitant to go into this more challenging territory is to say, okay, uh, and the first draft is only for me. And I'm going to put that out, no holds barred, exactly as it's coming through. And then afterwards, I'll decide, is this for anyone else or was it just my own thing for my own process? So some helpful ways to think about that with trines, remember, they only have a certain amount of energy of their own. They're a little lazy, so they will get you started a little bit. But it's when you mine the trine, put focused effort into that initially easy thing that you really get the juiciest payouts. On Wednesday, November 11, another bonus aspect, Venus quincunx Neptune. Venus is at 18 Libra, Neptune at 18 Pisces. So here's Venus and Neptune. 
another awesome creative potential here. Venus is, again, relating and creating. Neptune is divine download or easy connection. Um, you'll need to make a little adjustment with a quincunx going on there. But if you're willing to make whatever adjustment is needed to relate more deeply and you know, at a soul level with someone or let the divine energy come through, that adjustment could be as easy as just making time for doing your creative thing. Those can be really sweet ways to use a Venus-Neptune quincunx. On Thursday, November 12th, we have the week's main event, Jupiter conjunct Pluto. Titanic extremes, good or bad, can be fueled by a year-long Jupiter-Pluto conjunction at 23 Capricorn. Now, they're not at 23 all year, but this is where they're lining up right now. I'll eventually include Saturn, who's energetically conjunct these two planets in this interpretation. I'll also discuss Pallas Athena, who makes exact conjunctions with Jupiter and Pluto today. But let's start with Jupiter and Pluto. We're going to go deep. This will be a longer podcast than usual, just to warn you or to delight you. <laughs> This Jupiter-Pluto conjunction came into orb, which means close enough to connect energetically on January 29 of 2020. It'll remain in orb through January 7 of 2021. Their first conjunction was on April 4th. The second was June 30th. Their final conjunction of this cycle is today, November 12. In the larger scheme, Jupiter and Pluto come together about every 13 years. Pluto, as we're currently seeing with the pandemic, can bring death, transformation, and eventually rebirth. Jupiter, our solar system's biggest gas giant, is all about expansion, so he can take whatever Pluto's doing and make it truly gargantuan. Ren Butler masterfully lays out these Jupiter-Pluto possibilities in his wonderful book, The Archetypal Universe, Astrological Patterns in Human Culture, Thought, Emotion, and Dreams. As always, I feel blessed to draw from his masterwork on planetary combinations with his permission to share these archetypal possibilities. First, I'll share the most compelling ideas from Ren's Jupiter-Pluto section. Then I'll add in the most important themes from the multi-year Saturn-Pluto conjunction, as well as other planets who make strong aspects to the Jupiter-Pluto conjunction. The bottom line is that we're really looking at 2020's most important astrological event, the triple conjunction of Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto. If you've heard me forecast Jupiter-Pluto previously, there will be much of the same content. There will also be some new content because of the unique aspects to this particular setup. So let's start with some positive potentials of the Jupiter-Pluto conjunction great resources and potential, titanic evolutionary forces, the capacity for enormous success, empowerment through education, intensive urges to improve, the recognition that power either benefits all or none, an ethic of right makes might as opposed to the other way around, dramatic opportunities for regeneration and transformation, beneficial destruction, heavy experiences with a positive outcome, the long trip into and through the underworld of the psyche, triumph through facing death, intense idealism, the faith to move mountains, empowered activism or philanthropy, the urge to share one's transformative experiences with the larger culture, the power of truth. Obviously, this Jupiter-Pluto conjunction has plenty of upside potential, but we're also wise to stay alert to its darker possibilities. These include extreme material or spiritual ambition, a tendency to feel high and mighty, which threatens those in authority, an obsession with glory and greatness, political drama. We've had just a little bit of that as I record this. We still haven't decided the election and it's Saturday, <laughs> following that Tuesday when everyone voted. 
delusions of superiority, opportunities to abuse power, runaway power trips, inclinations to act as a law unto yourself, the power elite, plutocracy, obsessive righteousness, fanaticism, and overkill, misplaced moral urgency, religious or other dogma, ideals of betterment and progress as a reason to dominate other people and nature, stupendous waste of shared resources. So the Jupiter-Pluto conjunction can be used selflessly and or selfishly. Earth is a free will zone, so we each get to choose how we behave on this spectrum. Now, a year of Jupiter-Pluto might seem like a long time, but the Saturn-Pluto conjunction lasts nearly four years. It came into orb on January 31 of 2018. It will not wrap up until December 18 of 2021. If you can spare a few minutes and you haven't done it recently, I strongly encourage you to read my deep dive interpretation of the January 12 Saturn-Pluto conjunction on my website, astroshaman.com. I'll link that in the show notes for you. You can also listen to a 28-minute MP3 of me interpreting it, excerpted from my 2020 astrology forecast lecture. This free MP3 contains lots of additional information about this momentous event. Drawing from that forecast, here are the potentials of the Saturn-Pluto conjunction that feel most important during this pandemic. I once again acknowledge drawing from Ren Butler's The Archetypal Universe, as well as Richard Tarnas's masterwork, Cosmos and Psyche, Intimations of a New Worldview. And I think most astrologers agree there's no better book on the influence of outer planets on human history. Anyhow, here are some of those possibilities. Profound discipline, strength, and endurance, heroic self-control, the capacity to bear down with great force and pressure on difficult situations until they're resolved, a deep sense of responsibility, challenges which lead to an urgent reformulation of priorities, a need to cut your losses and deepen your commitment to the important things in life, profound feelings of powerlessness, but with the resolve to continue feelings of anxiety and fear, negative or threatening forces, a perception of irrevocable pressure and change, profoundly weighty events of enduring consequence, the irrevocable termination of an established order of existence, displays of personal and collective determination, unbending will, courage, and sacrifice in the face of danger and death. The transformation and forging of enduring structures, whether material, political, or psychological. Now let's talk about aspects to this particular Jupiter-Pluto conjunction. And this will have some aspects in common with the others uh, that we've had this year. Three planets make important aspects to the Jupiter-Pluto conjunction. We've already discussed Saturn in terms of his conjunction to Pluto, but Saturn is also conjunct Jupiter and influences the Jupiter-Pluto conjunction because of his proximity. The fact that Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto crisscross each other throughout 2020 emphasizes how tightly integrated they are this year. Saturn's influence is well represented in the discussion of the Saturn-Pluto conjunction I just gave you and needs no more elaboration here. That leaves two more planets that add major influence to the Jupiter-Pluto conjunction. Pallas Athena is only one minute past Jupiter and Pluto, that's just 1 60th of a degree. As noted above, Pallas also conjoins Jupiter and Pluto on the same day they conjoin each other. 
Pallas is a renowned warrior goddess who sprang fully armored from the head of Zeus. If you want to use warlike terms, she could represent our battle against the coronavirus or against systemic racism and social injustice. However, Pallas is also known for being a master of strategy with no vaccine to prevent it and no medicine that can cure it. We're ill-equipped to wage a traditional battle against the virus. So Pallas reminds us that we have to be clever to get it under control. Obviously, that's, as I record this, we're in the midst of what's largely being called a second wave and a lot of places are locking down again. So obviously we have some serious catching up to do with our global strategy. The final important aspect, the Jupiter-Pluto conjunction is Eris, who makes a tight square from Aries. She is best known as the goddess of discord, snubbed from attending an important wedding attended by many Greek gods. She crashed the party and tossed out an apple marked to the fairest. The resulting brouhaha escalated into the Trojan War. On one level, Eris warns us against sowing unnecessary discord that could make our challenging situation even worse. But even this seeming villain has her upside. Sometimes when it's time for a big change, we need someone to upset the apple cart and shock us out of our status quo. In the case of Black Lives Matter, the apples have been the unjustified police killings of so many blacks caught on video for the whole world to see. Discord can be a powerful motivator for change. This third Jupiter-Pluto conjunction also contains aspects that the first two did not. Most notably, the five planets already discussed, Jupiter, Pluto, Saturn, Pallas, and Eris, form a T-square with the Moon and Venus. I guess T-square would be more like that if you're on the video. <laughs> These two feminine planets are tightly conjunct in Libra. Most obviously, this is a tremendous stimulator of relationships. Any weak spots in an existing relationship could be powerfully catalyzed. Be sure to whip out your nonviolent communication techniques and my healing invocation, both linked in the show notes. Heal the relationship if you can, release it if you must. At the same time, whatever's positive in a relationship can be powerfully amplified. This Jupiter-Pluto conjunction also features the Scorpio Sun, sextiling Jupiter, Pluto, Pallas, and Saturn. This harmoniously energizes your personal transformation and evolution. It can also help boost your wealth and power. So now we know what all these planets are bringing to the party. Here's what I make of all this. The pandemic could act as a necessary corrective for humanity. It has accomplished something extraordinary. You could call it even miraculous. That's certainly never happened before in my 60-year lifetime. COVID-19 has presented humanity with a global mortal threat. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, industrial world or developing world. The virus couldn't care less about your religion, sexual orientation, or the color of your skin, although it has spotlighted the systemic racism that has existed all around the world for centuries. Because of this, people of color are less likely to get quality health care. They're more likely to live in crowded conditions where social distancing is difficult or impossible. They have greater health challenges, which makes them more likely to die from COVID-19. With a virus like this, what happens to any of us can happen to all of us. To ensure our own well-being, we have to make sure that everyone else also gets their needs met. 
By the way, this bounce back effect also extends to all other living beings, including the planetary ecosystem. The pandemic currently dominates the headlines, but the environmental crisis is a far more serious threat. The pandemic will pass, but the climate crisis is an existential threat that could wipe out most life on Earth, including us humans. It would be great if all the harm caused by millennia of patriarchal dominator culture could be cleared with the snap of a finger. Instead, it appears that the whole stinking mess has to be flushed up, made conscious, and collectively cleared. As we deal with the toxic service-to-self aspects of our civilization, in the world around us, and in ourselves, we'll experience challenging feelings and thoughts. Some of us already have effective tools and techniques to do this essential inner shadow work. Others will learn how to do shadow work using simple DIY tools like my free healing invocation, which I'm now mentioning for the third time. Some will discover that each layer of shadow work effectively done automatically opens them to a new level of spiritual awakening. Encouraged and excited by this newfound bliss and ecstasy, they'll feel called to establish a deeper spiritual connection. They'll unearth, perhaps for the first time in their current incarnation, an ever-present peacefulness inside themselves, burning warm and steady like an unquenchable fire. They'll learn how to seamlessly merge their human self with the higher self that created them. They'll discover that this makes harmony, flow, ease, and grace their new normal. Thousands do this every day, quickly and easily, using my free Embodied Awakening Invocation, also linked in the show notes. Once they awaken enough, they may have a realization that's first shocking, then comforting. At the soul level, they chose to be on Earth at this time, even knowing in advance what a mess it was going to be. They came not to simply survive, but to serve. They knew in advance that it would be a high-risk operation. Many light workers come to earth, fall under the spell of spiritual amnesia, and never remember their missions. They get plenty of hints and nudges, as well as more dramatic wake-up calls like the current pandemic. But earth is a free will zone. Each human gets to choose whether to awaken or continue their spiritual slumber. The coronavirus has given us a tremendous opportunity, individually and collectively. At the very least, we can tune into the calm spiritual core that will help us navigate these troubled times more smoothly. Many of us will awaken to the service we came here to perform, and by deepening our divine connection, we'll receive the ongoing intuitive guidance we need to fulfill our mission. The particulars of each person's mission are unique, but they're all being coordinated by an overarching divine intelligence toward one glorious outcome, a new golden age on earth. And the coronavirus, followed by the Black Lives Matter resurgence, are exactly the catalysts we need to get it rolling, not to mention all the stuff going on in the political world right now. I'm convinced that the global shift to higher consciousness is happening now. If enough of us act as if that's true, by treating each other with more love, compassion, and generosity, the world will become a much more wonderful place. That's our choice with the titanic energies of the Jupiter-Pluto conjunction, the Saturn-Pluto conjunction, and their collective Jupiter-Saturn-Pluto triple conjunction. The awesome potency of all this astrological power could result in a totalitarian hell or a utopian heaven. It is our choice. Every thought you think, every word you speak, 
and every action you take is a choice for one or the other. It is a U.S. election year, but you will not make your most important votes on a ballot. With mankind's fate in the balance, what future are you voting for with your thoughts, words, and actions? All right, enough about that. On Friday, November 13, Mars turns direct. That's at 7.36 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time, around 15 degrees Aries. He's been retrograde since September 9, and that was when he was at 28 Aries. All the personal planets are now direct. Have the last two months been especially intense for you? Of all the personal planet retrogrades, Mars can be the most significant. Mercury and Venus can have notable effects, but neither of them can pack a punch like Mars. This is especially true since Mars retrograded entirely within Aries, a sign that he rules and which shares his planetary meanings. Mars retrograde also stands out because it's more rare. Mercury goes retrograde three times a year and Venus reverses directions every 18 months, but Mars only stations retrograde every two years. As I wrote on September 9th, Mars retrograde was a great time to reflect on all the ways that the red planet expresses in your life. How skillfully are you embodying the roles of the warrior, pioneer, or entrepreneur? How's your sex life? How good are you at getting things started and taking fast, effective action? This can also be an important time to reflect on the dark side of Mars. Are you having any challenges with anger, aggression, or violence? How about impulsiveness or sexuality that is harmful or non-consensual? Mars retrograde was not the best time to start important new things. The timing is better for new beginnings now that Mars is direct. Better yet, wait until after the new moon on November 15th. Aspects. Here's a summary of other things you might want to start taking action on based on the aspects Mars made as it turned retrograde. Even the best committed partnerships might have experienced challenge, but the greater the challenge, the greater the possible breakthrough. Committed partners who work skillfully with these intense energies can emerge with their relationships functioning at a whole new level of awesomeness. At the same time, other aspects Mars made as it turned retrograde gave flowing support to committed partnerships that align with your soul purpose as well as harmonious communication. Additional themes that were stimulated include creativity, home, family, security, and shadow work, as well as learning and communication. We also have two bonus aspects on Friday, November 13th. Both involve an outer planet and an asteroid goddess. First, Neptune trines Juno. Neptune is at 18 Pisces, Juno's at 18 Scorpio. So Neptune and Juno, Juno is committed partnership. Neptune is the flow of divine inspiration and creativity. I think in this context, Juno committed partnership, Neptune probably makes more sense here as just a flow of connection and guidance. So I guess in any kind of committed partnership, whether it's romantic, business, uh, a close personal relationship, just any kind of relationship where there's an ongoing container and you're going to be carrying forward with that person in relationship in a significant way. Uh, just, I would say just the more awakened you can be, the more you can function as a blended being with your higher self there. That's obviously going to serve that relationship because your intuition is going to guide you more effectively. Uh, the Neptune connection makes it easier to feel energetic connection energetic blending with that person. And um, if you happen to have a creative partnership, it can certainly inspire new creative ideas. 
Next, there is a trine between Uranus and Vesta. Uranus is at 8 Taurus and Vesta is at 8 Virgo. So Vesta is sacred service to a higher cause without expectation of return. Uranus can be intuitive hits. So you might be getting great ideas about how to serve this partnership more effectively. You might um, even make a radical change of some kind that might mean, well, I'm really digging the service I'm doing and I want to take it to the next level, quantum leap kind of effect. Or it could be you feel a radical shift. Wow, I no longer want to be involved with this service, but I want to now shift over to this cause, or maybe I want to add one. There's all sorts of possibilities with Uranus. It's full of surprise and the unexpected. But um, I would say whatever your relationship is with a sacred higher cause, be really tuned into your intuitive hits. That is how Uranus communicates. And that would be an excellent way to use this connection of Uranus and Juno. We have two more bonus aspects on Saturday, November 14th. The sun sextiles both Pluto and Jupiter, which, as you'll recall, were conjunct two days ago on November 12th. For both aspects, the sun is at 23 Scorpio, while Pluto and Jupiter are at 23 Capricorn. So in one way, this is just a little bit of augmentation of the whole Jupiter-Pluto thing I just spent an endless amount of time talking about. Um, in fact, the sun is just saying, I... My individual self can now easily receive those energies even more. So it's a time to come into harmonious connection with those energies and use them in a really awesome way. And Scorpio is the same archetypal stuff as Pluto. So a Scorpio planet, especially the sun aligning with those guys just amps up everything I was talking about even a little bit more with all the Pluto stuff I was discussing. On Sunday, November 15th, a new moon lines up at 12.07 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time. That's at 23 degrees, 17 minutes, Scorpio. I gave a detailed description of Scorpio's themes in my October 22nd interpretation of the sun entering Scorpio. I repeat it here for your convenience, followed by new information specific to this lunation. New beginnings in any or all of these areas are supported by this new moon. Transformation is a central Scorpio theme. Death and rebirth processes, especially those that are emotional or shamanic, are highlighted. It's a good time to have effective shadow work processes ready, such as my free healing invocation that I've repeatedly mentioned. Wealth is also a Scorpio theme. This could be lots of money or anything that you value. Anything that makes your life better, tangible or intangible, could count as wealth. Another Scorpio theme is power. This comes in two basic flavors. Power over is all about domination, control, and manipulation. Shared power is exercised by those who have found their power internally and want to help others find theirs as well. An easy and effective way to source your internal power is with my free Embodied Awakening Invocation. There's a link in the show notes, as I already mentioned. Sex, another Scorpio theme, also has two levels. The first is simple lust, the raw physical desire for sexual pleasure and orgasm. The second is sacred or tantric sex. This operates at a much higher level of ecstasy made possible by the conscious blending of your light bodies. Scorpio also rules the occult. Occult simply means hidden. And in metaphysical terms, it refers to what is beyond the five senses. It does not have to be dark or creepy. Occult practices include astrology, tarot, energy healing, mediumship, and psychic abilities. As you can see, Scorpio has a lot of themes. Choose the ones that most excite you and dive in. Aspects. In this Scorpio new moon, the sun and moon conjoin Juno. 
This invites you to deepen your intimacy on all appropriate levels in committed partnership. As noted above, doing skillful shadow work with your partner when challenge comes up can profoundly deepen your connection. And in a sexual relationship, be sure to explore the opportunities for more ecstatic and passionate erotic connection. The luminaries are also trying Neptune. This creates a more smooth and easy flow for spiritual awakening practices and inspired creativity. It also opens the door for operating in flow state more consistently in all that you do. Finally, the luminaries make tight sextiles to Jupiter, Pluto, and Pallas Athena, and a looser sextile to Saturn. Pluto carries the same themes as Scorpio, and Pluto's effects are amplified by Jupiter. So the primary effect of these sextiles is to make all the Scorpio themes I've already described even more powerful. Since sextiles are harmonious, this makes it easier to reap the positive potentials of this life-transforming archetype. Saturn, as well as the placement of those four planets in Capricorn, helps you be more organized, manage your time better, and get more done. Pallas Athena reminds you to work smart and create win-win alliances that benefit everyone. The Sabian symbol for this new moon is crowds coming down the mountain to listen to one inspired man. Scorpio energy is about telling the honest truth, even when it's taboo or controversial. Are you inspired to share information that could help others? Do you have the courage to share it so that those who are ready can benefit from your wisdom? Finally, we have two bonus aspects on Sunday, November 15th. First up is a quintile between Jupiter and Chiron. Jupiter's at 23 Capricorn, Chiron's at five Aries. So Jupiter and Chiron. Chiron is the healing and mentoring energy. Jupiter is expansion. Quintile is magical connection. Uh, Chiron's also shadow work. So I'd say any of those things, if you're doing some shadow work, which would not surprise me at all, given the energies we're under, Jupiter says, hey, I can help you out. I can send you some luck, some expansive energy, some good, you can make it larger and kind of expand it out and be done with it. And, and the quintile says magical divine energy is there to help you with this. Uh, if you're already doing the high Chiron serving others, if you're mentoring, which is just broadly speaking, giving good information, if you're acting as a healer of some kind, whether you're explicitly doing energy work or just being a more subtle healing influence in whatever you're doing, Jupiter, the classic benefic of ancient astrology, can lend all sorts of amazing positive energy to that. The quintile can give you all sorts of inspiration how to do it. Um, it's a really magical energy for healing and mentoring, and it will last for several weeks. So good stuff there with that quintile. Then we have Venus square Pluto. Venus is 23 Libra, Pluto is 23 Capricorn. Now Venus and Pluto square is pretty intense. Uh, Venus, let's to talk her a relationship. Uh, this is a theme we've had repeatedly in this week's forecast. So this is nothing new, but it's just saying, hey, anything in a key relationship that is not all buttoned up and harmonized could come up for healing. And of course, we could also take anything that's positive in a relationship and empower that, juice it up. Um, so awesome relationships can go deeper, more powerful, have really awesome, intense, wonderful connection. And of course, any shadow work can be flushed up to be dealt with. So that's our forecast. The astrology of 2020 has already turned the world upside down. So what can we expect in 2021? 
I'll present my annual forecast lecture for the Asheville Friends of Astrology via Zoom on Friday, November 20th at 7 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time, and you are welcome to join us. I'll put special focus on 2021's headline event, a powerful Saturn-Uranus square that lasts the entire year. One of its central themes will be the rapid breakdown of existing structures, as well as the quick rise of new ones. I'll also predict when this square's effects will be most powerful based on the timing of Mars, Saturn, Uranus, T-squares, and other catalyzing events. I'll also discuss the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction in the first degree of Aquarius on December 21st of 2020 and its continuing effects in 2021. Does the extraordinary timing of this great conjunction mark the true beginning of the Aquarian age? Additional topics will include Saturn in Aquarius and Jupiter in Aquarius and Pisces. We'll also explore the 2021 eclipses and the surprising prominence of Vesta in 2021's aspect patterns. Is it time to devote more time and energy to serving the greater good? Also, everyone's welcome to participate in most live Awakening Plus calls for free. These calls support your individual healing and awakening and also support the current global spiritual awakening. Here are brief descriptions of our remaining November events. They all take place at 8 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time. Every Thursday, we do a call called New Earth Support. We'll create our sacred container, invoke embodied awakening, and then flow energy to support the more awakened new earth currently blossoming. Our intention is always the same, but the divine keeps it fresh by providing endless variations on this amazing experience. Thankfully, one thing remains consistent, the personal spiritual upgrades and profound bliss we always receive. These calls usually last about an hour. Then we have Step Into Truth, the work of Byron Katie with guest presenter BJ Harden. That's on Tuesday, November 10, this Tuesday as I record this. Here's some of what BJ says about this event and herself. I will introduce you to the basics of and my personal take on a very simple and profound form of meditative self-inquiry called the work of Byron Katie. Using the work, together we will identify and question the thoughts that cause all of the suffering in the world. There will be space for personalized guidance on utilizing the process as well as Q&A. Join me to witness the difference between reality and our thinking and to learn the powerful gesture of inquiry and how to apply it in your life. In my experience, she says, a very simple lifestyle change awakens us to all the love and perfection that the mystics have foretold for ages. And I continue to find my pure, radiant freedom through inquiry. So that's her description of that event. Then on Tuesday, November 17, we have group healing, immunity boosting, and awakening. Enhanced immunity is good to have, especially in the midst of this pandemic. So we call it in along with embodied awakening and personal healing. That'll last 60 to 90 minutes. And then on Tuesday, November 24, the ever popular shamanic awakening ceremony. This intense experience combines the healing power of shamanism with my complete invocation cycle for embodied awakening that'll last about two hours. Awakening Plus features at least seven live streaming events each month. Most are open to everyone for free. The archive of over 270 transformative events and enlightening course content, as well as accountability partners and the forum are available exclusively to members, as well as we're just starting a new monthly Zoom call where we all socialize and connect to get more of a tribe vibe going on. You can learn more at awakeningplus.com. 
Thanks for being here. Once again, I'm Benjamin Bernstein with astroshaman.com. I can serve you with astrology readings, shamanic healing, awakening activation, astrological event timing, and one-of-a-kind life coaching. All my one-on-one services are equally effective in person or long distance, and during the pandemic, I have dropped my rates significantly. I also offer an unbeatable price on Solar Fire, the number one astrology software for Windows. And as I mentioned, I run the Awakening Plus online membership for spiritual support. You can learn about all this and more at astroshaman.com. And if you want to see the show notes, go to astroshaman.com slash 559. Please reach out if you have any questions. My email is astroshamanbenjamin at gmail.com. My number for voice and text, 828 828- Three three eight nine eight five two. I would love to connect with you. We are wrapping up this episode. Please leave me a rating, review, or comment wherever you're getting this episode so that others who also love astrology and spirituality can find it. Thanks again for spending this time with me. Stay safe, stay healthy. I wish you infinite blessings as the stars light your way.